a factual data creation facility production. Welcome to the Straight From The Desk podcast, a podcast where I discuss but three things. Two are topical, while the last can be considered as flexible. So sit back and enjoy. If you like what you hear, click on that donation link, which can be found within the show notes. Any donation will be appreciated. So let's get started. How you doing today? Before I start, here's a shout out to the person who sent me a generous donation last week. You know, my commitment to this show was waning due to my anemic audience numbers lately. This donation helped to bring that commitment back. So this 20th episode of the Straight From The Desk podcast is dedicated to you and all the others who have donated. Also, I'm doing a two-part story on how the old U.S. Customs Service is morphing into the U.S. Federal Police. Now, last week I mistakenly thought was Mother's Day when, in fact, it's this Sunday, not last Sunday. I do have an excuse, though, besides getting old. My youngest daughter was born on Mother's Day, which fell on the 8th that year. I assumed the holiday fell on the first Sunday of May. Of course, I was wrong, and it won't be the first or last time. First up, the House Republicans, led by Representative Comer of Kentucky, released a report claiming to prove the receipt by President Biden's family, nine members in total, of payments in excess of $10 million while Biden served as a vice president. These payments were from the countries of Romania and China and were dispersed through a series of accounts controlled by shell companies which were designed to confuse any forensic accountants who might be investigating such payments. No direct link to President Biden was provided. At the most, the records obtained by Representative Comer could be used to infer a connection to the president. More on this in a second. And at the least, influence peddling by his relatives. President Biden has dismissed his investigation and has repeatedly stated he had no knowledge of his son Hunter's business dealings and has never discussed them with him. That's despite a voicemail message from the president, retrieved from the infamous abandoned laptop, where the president is discussing an article from the Washington Post about Hunter's shady business dealings, in which he states, The article is okay and you should be all right. And confirmation that the identity of the big guy, referenced in emails between Hunter Biden and his business partners, again retrieved from the Hunter laptop, is indeed the current president and recipient of 10% of the proceeds of that particular transaction. Of course, the report released by Representative Comer and his committee was largely ignored by the television mainstream media outlets and the press in general. Anyhow, shouldn't the Department of Justice or the FBI be holding a conference like this? Hmm. Here's what a sampling of what little headlines were generated by various mainstream news organizations. From CBSNews.com House Republicans allege Biden family members received millions in payments from foreign entities. Now this headline is pretty fair, though. Just think what it would have been if it were the Trump family instead of the Biden family. From the New York Times.com House Republican report finds no evidence of wrongdoing by President Biden. Again, fair enough, but there are no mentions of the millions paid to Biden's family. From NBCNews.com House Republicans attack Biden family, alleging foreign business with foreign nationals. Ah, oh, the poor Biden family is being picked on by the big bad MAGA Republicans. 
This headline is designed to make the Bidens out as victims and garner public sympathy. I could go on, but why bother? If it isn't obvious that the news media of the United States isn't in lockstep with the current administration, nothing I say here will ever convince you of this. Along with the press, the Department of Justice has had the laptop and other evidence of this for years, but have not started, as far as we know, any investigations. Again, I ask, if this was the Trump family or any other person's family considered to be an enemy of the current administration, would evidence such as this be ignored? Well, I think not. A new podcast called The Right Report, that's W-R-I-G-H-T Report, hosted by a former CIA officer, had a great breakdown of the report on its 11th of May episode, aptly titled, Unraveling the Biden Family Corruption. I recommend you give this episode a listen if you're interested in this matter. You won't get such a breakdown anywhere else in the media, unfortunately. The host also tells you what would have happened to a CIA employee if such evidence was unearthed about them. Next, Title 42, the law that gave Border Control agents the authority to immediately expel illegal immigrants for health risks, has expired. The chaos at the border had already begun a few days earlier as tens of thousands, perhaps millions, of intending asylum seekers rushed towards the United States' southern border. The Biden administration, in response, has resurrected an old Trump law, which states that those attempting to be granted asylum in the United States will be denied unless they claimed asylum in a country they passed through on the way to the U.S. border. This, of course, would seem to be common sense because under the rules of asylum, you would do so. Now, if you were really being persecuted or feared for your life within the country you were residing in, any country you could escape to first should be the one you request asylum in. Of course, this isn't true because most of these asylum seekers are not being persecuted nor fear for their lives. They are attempting to gain access to the United States for economic reasons, i.e. better employment opportunities and, mostly, free services. Services such as welfare, food stamps, Medicare, etc. Now, how would I know this? Well, I was employed by Customs and Border Protection until retiring this past December. You would be amazed at how many of these refugees travel back and forth to the countries they were supposedly refugees from, some multiple times per year. Back in the late 1970s and early 1980s, while serving in the military, yes, I'm that old, I worked with refugees from Vietnam, Laos, and Cambodia. Now, you couldn't pay these people any amount of dollars to go back to their home countries because if they did, they would be persecuted, jailed, or killed. Those were real refugees. Most asylum seekers now encounter just want free things. Now, I'll give you an example. One evening, some years ago, while at work, I encountered a Chinese national who was granted asylum in this country less than a year before she was making this particular trip. She wasn't coming back from China. She was coming back from the Dominican Republic. Besides her newly minted green card, she was in possession of a welfare ID, a SNAP card, which is the food stamp program, Section 8 housing paperwork, Section 8 being free or subsidized housing, and over $40,000 in cash. Now, how would a poor Siley here in this country be able to have that much cash, and why would she be going to and from the Dominican Republic multiple times in that time period? Well, it turns out she owned a manufacturing company over in the Dominican Republic. I counted her money, despite her rolling around on the floor screaming. I was declined prosecution by state and federal entities, so I made her fill out an IRS form claiming the money before returning the cash to her 
and entered the pertinent info into the database before letting her proceed. What do you think happened to her after all that? Well, nothing. Unfortunately, this society was just one of hundreds with similar circumstances I've encountered over my 25-year career. What's fueling this allowance of unbridled illegal immigration into the United States? Well, I don't profess to know. It could be part of the elites at the World Economic Forum's plan to weaken this country by changing the demographics. It could be as simple as the Democratic Party assuming these new arrivals will ensure them power by voting for them in the future. All I know is that it's changing the country, and no matter how many statistics they shove in front of your eyes extolling the benefits of this invasion, not for the better. And that's my opinion, of course. Instead of jury duty, citizens should be given the choice of instead shadowing customs and border protection officers as they perform their duties for a week. Besides being a heck of a lot more interesting than jury duty, well, in most cases, participants would be educated on what's really happening in regards to immigration, not what's being presented to the public via the government and their media lackeys. Finally, Here's a background of what is now Customs and Border Protection and how it's transforming into a federal police force, using my own experiences as reference. After retiring from the military and vowing never to wear a uniform again and working for the government or on a flight line, I gave the private sector a go. The problem was that that was during the Clinton economy in which the old joke went, this administration has created thousands of new jobs, and I have three of them. In my case, I only had two, and with a fairly new wife and three newly minted children, I wasn't going anywhere. So after a couple of years, I joined what was then the U.S. Customs Service. After completing basic trading at Glencoe, Georgia, I was assigned to JFK International Airport, one of the largest ports of entry in the country. The mission of U.S. Customs was to protect the revenue and interdict illegal narcotics from entering the country through international ports. To accomplish this mission at JFK, we had around 500 customs inspectors, as we were known back then. And that was a large number, being that there were only around 5,000 customs inspectors countrywide. The service was an older service back then. The average age of an inspector was about 35. We at JFK led the nation in money and drug seizures, along with merchandise seizures. Now, uniform discipline was substandard compared with the military. Male customs inspectors supported long hair, beards, and earrings even. These infractions were overlooked because of the effectiveness of the inspectors. There were no mandatory retirement ages back then, and we had guys who worked well into their 80s. That's how great the job was. Customs funded itself with the duty charged on personal and commercial goods. The smallest salary we were paid was offset by the availability of overtime, and there was plenty of it to go around. Then 9-11 happened. Its aftermath changed U.S. Customs forever. Customs was merged with the old and corrupt Immigration and Naturalization Service, who are a much larger organization than we were. Though the INS name went away, the old organization's management took control in Washington, D.C., and, as the saying goes, crap rolls downhill. All the targeting for contraband was taken from the local ports and centralized in Washington. Drugs and revenue became secondary to the new so-called anti-terror mission. Experienced customs team leaders and supervisors were put in former immigration jobs, while inexperienced former INS inspectors were placed in customs positions. We were given the new title of customs officer and a bump up in pay grade. While any raise is appreciated, new training accompanied it.
We were equipped with a new pistol. No one liked it, and it brought down average range scores by 20%. For the first time, we were given bullet-resistant vests. We were issued radiation detectors and collapsible batons. Along with the new equipment was new training. All along, seizures of drugs and merchandise plummeted and revenue decreased. When the Obama administration arrived, we were again given a pay increase with new rules attached. Well, that's the end of part one. Part two will be in next week's episode. I'll do it for this episode, but you enjoyed it. You can send comments, suggestions, or complaints to sftdpod23 at gmail.com. And this time for real, hope you had a great Mother's Day. Take care. I'll see you next week.